When you're picking out new clothes online or in a store, do you ever wonder about how they were made or who made them? Do you ever wonder why people are able to buy a brand new shirt, not secondhand, for only $3.99? Very cheap clothing can be attributed mainly to fast fashion. According to Wikipedia, fast fashion is a term used to describe a highly profitable and exploitative business model based on replicating catwalk trends and high fashion designs, mass producing them at a low cost. Fast fashion is hard to escape, and the reason why it exists is because of the advancement in technology, machinery, and accessibility. It's great that clothes are now affordable and widely accessible for many, but at what cost? I talk more about the fast fashion aspect of this week's podcast on the YouTube channel. So after you finish listening, head over there and watch the video and don't leave without subscribing. Welcome to Most Fashionable Crime, a fashion-related true crime podcast hosted by me, Taryn. If you want to be on trend, make sure to sign up for the newsletter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow the podcast on Twitter at Most Fashionable, and on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Most Fashionable Crime. There is also a discussion group on Facebook and a Reddit community, which are both linked in the notes. I want to give a special shout out to those that are forever on trend, which are the supporters of this podcast. I appreciate you all so much, and there is a link in the notes if you would like to support as well. Free ways to support Most Fashionable Crime are to share this podcast with anyone who may like it or who may not know yet that they will like it. Leave a five-star rating and or a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and just listen and engage on social media. Matter of fact, while you're listening right now, go ahead and share that you're listening to the podcast to your Instagram story. With the Industrial Revolution came the invention of the mechanical sewing machine, patented in 1830 by a French tailor by the name of Barthélemy Thimonier. Together, this led to the mass production of garments as a result of modern production methods. The dominant industry during the Industrial Revolution happened to be the textile industry when it came to capital invested, employment, and the value of output. Advancements in technology have led textile production to be almost completely automated. Despite this, clothes are still pieced together by humans with the help of machines. I'm sure you've heard of sweatshops, and a lot of times people in the United States imagine them to only be in places overseas such as India, China, and Bangladesh. However, there are sweatshops here in the United States. The easy route, I guess you could say, would be to focus on the sweatshops and unsafe employment practices in the apparel industry, especially in Asia. I will put links to more information on that and ways to help in the notes. I feel that it is important for those of us in the United States and outside to be aware what occurs right here in our backyards. Almost two years ago, an article was published by the New York Times exposing the unfair employment practices of a very popular fast fashion brand named Fashion Nova. Fashion Nova was founded in 2006 by Richard Sagan in Los Angeles, California. At this time, the brand was a chain of stores located in Los Angeles malls that sold low-priced club wear. In 2013, the e-commerce site was launched and Sagan, the founder, used his Instagram following as 60,000 to market the brand via social media. In my memory, the brand reached widespread popularity in 2016, 
but 2018 is when it really boomed. Fashion Nova has the same clothes that you can find sold throughout LA's fashion district, but their social media campaigns are what really set them apart from other fashion brands. Most brands post three times a day, but Fashion Nova posts 30 times a day. Not only do they flood the fees of their followers, but Fashion Nova has paid celebrities like Nicki Minaj, Kim Kardashian, Cardi B, and Kylie Jenner to be their influencers and promote the brand on their own personal accounts. Do you actually think they wear these clothes outside of pictures taken for the gram? Whether they wear the skin-tight polyester or not, the posts seem to fulfill their purpose with a single post by Kylie Jenner reportedly bringing in millions of dollars in sales for the company. Fashion Nova did his first celebrity collaboration with Cardi B in 2018, who's had a relationship with the brand since 2014, where she would post gems like this on her Instagram. You know what's so crazy? A hundred thousand on the wrist, but my outfit though, bitch, sixty dollars. Except for my shoes, but let's not let's not talk about my shoes though. These glasses though, these glasses though, ten dollars. Fashion Nova, baby. I'm gonna be on a budget until the day I die. Since then, Fashion Nova has done collaborations with Megan Thee Stallion. Apparently, they even strike deals with artists to name drop Fashion Nova in their songs, probably to keep the lyric to Instagram caption pipeline intact, featuring an outfit bought online from Fashion Nova, of course. Hashtag Nova Babes. 2018 appears to have been a huge year for Fashion Nova. According to Business of Fashion, the LA-based brands surpassed legacy brands such as Gucci, Louis Vuitton, and Chanel in web searches, ranking first place among all web search fashion brands. The brand's profits also grew by 600%. In 2019, the now-defunct third-party influencer analytical tool InstaScreen released an influencer marketing report. Fashion Nova was the top spender at $40 million spent on influencer marketing. Pretty Little Thing, another fast fashion brand, came in at number five with $7.6 million spent on influencer marketing. The face of Fashion Nova could be said to be Jody Joe, whose real name is Yodit Yamani. Last year, she posted this to her story. I really wish Fashion Nova would let me out of this slave contract so I can be great. I've invested so much time and energy into a company that hates us slash me, end quote. Well, I checked the website and she is still up there. It also appears that the founder of the brand has no plans on slowing down. At the time he was interviewed, Robert Sagan wanted to increase the number of styles they produced per week, which was already at 600 to 900 styles. The styles are produced across 1,000 different manufacturers, and a lot of them are produced in Los Angeles. According to him, in 2018, 80% were produced in LA, but a year later, less than half of the styles were still made there. They also work with vendors in China who probably picked up where they left off. As a designer and someone that works with apparel manufacturers, releasing 600 to 900 styles per week is honestly ridiculous. I read the table at the 2020 Labor Force Statistics from the Current Population Survey on the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics website. Of the 444,000 employed persons that work in textiles, apparel, and leather manufacturing, 
186,000 of them work in cut and sew and apparel accessories and other apparel manufacturing. Cut and sew in the apparel industry means constructing a garment from purchased fabric. The focus of this episode is on cut and sew employees in the United States. In the U.S., according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the median wage for a cut and sew manufacturing employee as of May 2020 is $15.02 an hour or $31,240 annually, which is hardly enough to get by, especially but not limited to a city like Los Angeles. In the expose written by Natalie Kidro, published by the New York Times in December of 2019, it is mentioned that the City of Angels is full of factories that are competing with factories overseas. Due to this competition, employees are paid small wages and off the books. The employers take advantage of this because many of the seamstresses and other workers are undocumented. Fashion Nova was or is an abuser of this system. From 2016 to 2019, investigations found that the brand owed hundreds of workers and back pay to the amount of $3.8 million. Remember, they were spending $40 million a year on influencer marketing as of 2019. While the median hourly wage for a cut and sew employee is $15.02, these factories which are hired or contracted by Mediary pay their employees as little as $2.77 an hour. The New York Times article is focused on a woman named Mercedes Cortez, who was 56 years old at the time. She sewed clothes together for the brand for some months while working for a factory called Coco Love, seven days a week. The building she worked in was infested with cockroaches, rats, and smelled like bathrooms. As a side note of advice, when you buy new clothes, please make sure that you wash them before you wear them if you don't already. Cortez was paid literal pennies for each seam she sewed, and for $4.66 an hour, she made $270 per week. She left Coco Love and reached a settlement with them to receive $5,000 in back pay. She continued to work as a seamstress, working in different factories, putting together clothes for Fashion Nova. In the article, she says how the clothes, which this item in particular had a $12 price tag, was expensive compared to how much they got paid to make it. Over the course of four years, Fashion Nova's clothing was found in 50 different investigations into factories for not paying overtime and paying less than minimum wage. I'm curious to know how much these factories make from these contracts or subcontracts. Based on the almost 1,000, if not more than 1,000 styles getting produced by just Fashion Nova a week, I would assume Fashion Nova helps these factories keep the lights on, if they even have that. Of course, that is no excuse for the low pay and unsafe working conditions. I learned from the New York Times article that the blame gets placed on the middleman who hired the factory. If a brand can successfully claim they were unaware of factory workers being paid illegally low wages, they cannot be penalized for wage theft. Fashion Nova places the middleman on a six-month probation if they learn a factory they utilize has been charged with violations of labor laws. Their relationship with the factory does not end unless a new complaint is filed against the same factory or a different one that the contractor hired during the six-month probationary period. Fashion Nova then suspends the contractor until they pass a third-party audit. <laughs> 
With this type of business model, I would think that many people that fall under this organization are negatively impacted in some way, shape, or form. A direct quote from the article is, the company does not steal directly from factories. Instead, it places bulk orders with companies that design the clothes and then ship fabric to separately owned sewing contractors, where workers stitch the clothes together and stick Fashion Nova's label on them, end quote. Fashion Nova has a corporate team in Vernon, California. Along with buyers, planners, and merchandisers, they also have fashion and technical designers. Sagian is quoted as saying, if there was a design concept that came to mind Sunday night, on a Monday afternoon, I would have a sample. Truth be told, these concepts are typically stolen, which is why it is so easy to create a next day sample. In my head, I envision the team of designers essentially doing rub-offs of already-made garments. A rub-off is basically where you take a garment you already have and put a piece of paper, usually pattern paper, over it and outline the garment and the seams using a crayon or marker to create your own pattern from it. In fashion programs, you still learn about the lengthy design process. Fashion at its foundation is supposed to be a slow cycle. I skimmed through LinkedIn to take a look at some of the profiles of the people on their design team and saw they all had degrees in apparel design. This is no shade to them, knowing how they likely learn fashion design in its processes and then going into a role where they have to design and produce some fraction of the 1,000 styles per week has got to be extremely stressful, and I would think it will also be unrewarding. Since I was on LinkedIn, you know I headed over to Glassdoor to see estimates of what the corporate employees are making and eh, it's not the lowly wages of $2.77 an hour that the seamstresses make, but it's still not representative of a brand that can spend $40 million a year on influencer marketing on a brand that is still widely popular. If Fashion Nova is turning over designs at such a fast rate, there is still a need for them to utilize factories in the United States. Overall, I think it poorly reflects on Fashion Nova and other fast fashion brands that can pad the pockets of people that are already rich, but don't do enough to make sure those that put together the clothes they sell are taken care of. It'll be interesting to see what direction the brand goes in in the next five to 10 years. Some people think that more people and especially people in younger generations are becoming more conscious of the clothes they buy and where they come from. However, if you type in the word haul into YouTube, that tells a different story. Things might be looking up for garment workers in Southern California, especially. The Garment Worker Protection Act, or Senate Bill 62, was passed by Governor Newsom in September of this year. This means liability when it comes to stolen wages would be expanded, meaning that a brand like Fashion Nova would share the responsibility with the factory when it comes to paying out wage theft. It will also eliminate the piece rate system, which is where workers are paid based on the number of items they produce. Instead, they will be paid by the hour. This law makes California the first state to require hourly wages for garment workers. Los Angeles is home to the largest hub of apparel manufacturing in the United States, and this will hopefully increase the quality of life for the 45,000 plus garment workers and their loved ones. Apparel manufacturing is dwindling down in the U.S., but there are still manufacturers that are still going strong. But whether or not they pay their employees livable wages is not always transparent. From what I've seen, instead of factories choosing to do better, 
a lot of companies are moving their cut and sew facilities to Mexico or outsourcing to China. Of course, this does not mean that conditions are better in other countries. It's just easier to hide it. I will put links to websites that aim to provide brand transparency to consumers so they can find ethical brands to buy their clothes from. I also talk more about fast fashion and its origin on the YouTube channel, so head over there to watch and don't leave without liking the video and subscribing to the channel. Thank you so much for listening to Most Fashionable Crime. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss anything. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, download episodes, and leave a five-star rating if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. All of my sources are linked in the notes. In case you are wondering, this podcast was written, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Taryn. All the music you heard in the episode is from Epidemic Sound. 